The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? We're back and we hope that you all had a brilliant Christmas, New Year. Hopefully your January wasn't too uh, blue. (laughs) Um, We're very happy to be back, very excited. Um, We will be bringing you some amazing guests over the next little while along with our new series on hormonal health, which will be interspersed throughout uh, the rest of this year. Talking about the things that we really need to talk about, let's end the stigma about um, menopause and menstruation and infertility and IVF and all the other things that come under hormonal health. And we want to hear from you. If you want to share your story with us, um, and it doesn't have to be about when you were in the arts, just about your own personal experience and you can either do so by coming on the podcast or if you don't feel comfortable with that you can absolutely send it to us we will share it anonymously and uh, we will get either myself or louise or one of our amazing community to read out um, your thoughts and feelings and again we can do that absolutely anonymously For those of you who are supporting us, uh, thank you so much. Being a persistent pal and a nasty hero, you are continuing to keep PNN going. You're keeping the coffee morning going, you're keeping the podcast going and most definitely keeping the advocacy work going because knowing that the podcast and uh, that the coffee morning is covered gives Louise and I a little bit of breathing space to be able to focus on the really important advocacy work that we do behind the scenes. So just know that that's all happening. For all of you who have supported us already, um, you will be getting your shout outs very soon on all social medias. So keep an eye out and um, you will be getting a shout out as well on future podcasts. Um, So thank you really, truly, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, you're making a huge difference um, to us. And we know that times are really hard for everyone and uh, we're extraordinarily grateful that you are choosing to spend your hard-earned money on us. So thank you very much. Today's episode, Louise and I are just having a little bit of fun, not remotely what you're probably expecting for our first episode back, but I hope that you enjoy. You can follow us on all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty, send us an email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow both Louise and I on social media as well. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram and I am at Elaine.Stirrit on Instagram and at Stirrit on Twitter. Hope I've said that round the right way. I'm sure I have. Uh, for today's episode, ooh... I suggest, oh, I feel we were quite fruity and fun. <laughs> maybe we weren't, maybe it was just, maybe it was just us. So, I don't know, like a lovely little Prosecco, a nice, like a passion fruit, I'm juice, a little 
elderflower and something. Coffee, hot chocolate, chai latte, or, you know, you can always just have a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, Lou. Hi, Elaine. <laughs> Hi, babes. How are you? Um, so good. Well, actually, that's <laughs> a lie. You? That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all smoking matters. It's, it's all, all media. It's all media chat. <laughs> so good. I'm so great. I'm quite tired. Yeah. Is the honest answer. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is only... Oh, well, we're nearly at the end of January. <sighs> nearly at the end of this... Oh, that was my oh. tummy. Oh, my God. Let every me say Every time we do this together. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, this 12-week-long month. Yeah. Um, nearly at the end. <clears throat> do you know, in some ways, it's actually gone quicker this year than it usually has. Like, I'm quite surprised we're at the end of January. Thankful. Well, there's still another three, four days of it, but yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, I say thankful, but not really, because... Um, for those of you in the UK who hopefully have already done your tax, I've still got to pay mine. Um, I'm nearly finished. Well, um, I got I got mine in. Um, well done. Nice and in a timely fashion, but it's always a, a relief because I, I work so little as an actor that I never really have anything to pay. <laughs> well, this, this is such a big conversation, right? As self-employed freelancers... And then, you know, even if you are employed, you're usually employed and self-employed. And those two, if you're not in the... Louise's stomach's oh, going mental. I don't know, I don't know why this keeps happening every It's time. me, I bring out the wind in you. <laughs> you make me hungry. That's what it is. Um, but it's that thing of, like, those of you who can afford and do have a, an accountant, very sensible, because obviously you can claim it back, um, but for those of us who are doing it on our own... It's always a bit of a mind fuck. Mm. And especially if you were not great at maths at school. Cue me. Um, I am better at keeping my receipts though now than I used yeah. to be. Well, I do so much of that online. And we actually we actually had to have tax chat at the top of this podcast. Is that what we're doing? It's apparently, yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we're going to come to the good on. stuff though. Like, I feel like... But this is a really important thing. Because I is, think it's it's people don't... It's, like, it, it's, it's important. You know... So you do yours online. I keep. I still keep my receipts, and we've moved from a shoebox. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. I don't. I don't really. I didn't really have any paper receipts apart from an envelope with some subway tickets and some ScotRail tickets in it. But everything I do, everything like all my online yeah. stuff, like like all these subscriptions, the Spotlight stuff, all of that yeah. is. It's all in an accounts folder in my email, so I just kind of go through it. Oh, see now that email, that's email. Yeah. Not just a hat rack, I know. my friend. Uh, I mean, you're definitely not just a hat rack. A beautiful hat rack, but not just a hat <laughs> a beautiful rack. Beautiful hat rack. <laughs> um, I love that. If I ever start a film production company, I'm going to call it Beautiful Hat Rack. I love it. You beautiful heard it here. Hat Rack Don't production. Don't anybody steal that. I'll be oh, raging. No, actually, maybe cut that out just in case. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So we'll move on from the tax chat, but that's a really great idea about keeping an yeah. accounts folder. That's very... Smart. Thank you. Louise you may all have that one. Louise Oliver. <laughs> Very smart. There's probably some people out there going, this pair of fucking numpties. This is how you do your tax return. <laughs> maybe we should get an um an arts accountant or somebody who does that. Maybe, for a maybe we on should. Podcast. Yeah, maybe we should, absolutely. Um, Listenership will drop, but that's fine. <laughs> 
No, I don't think so. Everybody needs to know. None of us want to be stung with a big hefty tax bill. No. But hey, it's a careless mistake. So <laughs> It's a careless mistake. <laughs> um, and talking about careless mistakes, um, as some of you will know, that's in reference to our previous Chancellor. I don't know which one we're on now. No, I forgot. Um, I've lost track. And his uh, careless mistake in his tax return. Um, but Louise and I have decided that we're not going to talk about the amount of shit that is going on no. currently. Mm-mm. And the reasons are... Well, there, there are many. There are many reasons. <laughs> there are many reasons. But... But I feel like perhaps some of you might be expecting us to touch on some of the more um, gendered hot topics that are happening in the news and the shit show with the Metropolitan Police. And it is very much on our minds. And quietly in our activism in the background, it informs a lot of what we do. But we're not going to talk about it on the podcast because... Quite honestly, I feel like it'll trigger us both. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll fall down a very rage-fueled rabbit yeah. hole. We'll become probably completely inarticulate. <laughs> yeah. There will be a lot of like, fuck! Ugh, and we won't really get anywhere. Yeah. It'll be a very hard to listen to podcast. Plus, we don't want to trigger anyone else out there. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you come... Maybe you come for that, but we're not giving you that today. Not today, no. And at some point we may, maybe when we both feel... Uh, when we both have more capacity to be able to articulate it in the right way for everyone and in the safest way for everyone. Um, but as Louise says, just know that it is it is in our thoughts. It's in our, it's, it's on it's, our minds. It's um, within our work. It is within our do. work. And we will have a couple of events, actually, um, yeah. that we will be talking about um, later in... The, well, not later in the year, in the coming weeks. That we'll be doing a couple of particular events in end of March and in June mm-hmm. at the Tron Theatre that will focus some of this anger and energy on doing what we can. Yeah. Um, but the podcast is not the one for that. Not right not, now. Not right now, no. We're both, uh, maybe the start of the year, but capacity is full already. <laughs> already. Already. Um, there is no spoons to mm-hmm. deal with this at the moment. But um, what we are going to do is we're going to link organisations for people who are who need them. Um, in today's show notes so yeah. please check them out um, support and services you, and what have you and also if you have any organisations that you've found super helpful that we maybe aren't on our radar please let us know it's always yes, super please. super helpful to add to our bank um, of organisations charities and human beings that are doing the good work mm-hmm. out there yeah yeah Better than we can because we're just two <laughs> two actors, two actors, <laughs> two lowly actors <laughs> pretending that we know what we're talking about. So there are better people than us to be listening to about such matters. Absolutely, um, um, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of being lowly, lowly actors, actors. <laughs> it's actually my favorite season. Like I know January is long, but. It is my favourite season because it's awards season. It is awards season. Whoop, whoop. I, I can't mean, get enough of it. I honestly can't. You do love it. I fucking you do love, love it. it. It's like, oh, I don't know. I just feel like a kid on Christmas morning when the nominations yeah. come out for these things. And I love, I love me a good old acceptance speech. I love a yep. good cry for people yeah. who really deserve it when they win it. I love picking apart what should have won and why it didn't. Yeah. I just love it all. It's really interesting. I, I've gone through such phases, like a little roller coaster with award season. It used to be my absolute 
thing and I'm sure we've talked on the podcast a couple of years ago actually probably pre-pandemic just God, yeah, probably, like yeah. it was like 2020 with Misha <coughs> we talked about the Oscars sorry everybody I've got the cold um welcome to winter in Scotland um <laughs> but uh it's just that thing of I loved the Oscars like as a kid like fuck me I was obsessed yeah like obsessed would stay up late somehow managed to find a way to like watch the telly till the wee small hours and then go to school on like two hours sleep like absolutely obsessed with it and then I got really mad with it mm-hmm. and Louise yeah, is yeah, just yeah. getting a phone call like <laughs> it's like in the middle of her like god the unprofessionalism she's, she's very busy she's, she's busy she's busy and important you get I mean this is all true she is busy and important but uh, hello I know um, yeah just like totally obsessed and, and then I found I got really disheartened by it because then you know discovering that people really like campaign for certain people to win that really like got me I was mm. like what do you mean I was like you're not just going with your gut and going with, like, having watched all these amazing performances then going, okay, because it is really fucking hard to pick. Of course it is. Um, But then just, like, somebody bought you a fucking bracelet, so you decided to vote for that. A bracelet. <laughs> somebody got you a wee friendship bracelet. <laughs> I love that you went with bracelet. I thought you were going to say, like, Ferrari or something like that. Well, so I was I thinking, like, like, a diamond, you gonna, like, like you tennis Bulgari, bracelet. Like yeah, I was thinking Bulgari <laughs> tennis bracelet. Um, but I love that you went for friendship bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> so 1990. When you said bracelet, I pictured, like, the little plastic col- coloured stars. That would, that would swing it for me, quite honestly. I mean... No, I totally hear what you're saying. And actually... There's so much of it that's fucked and I like the cynical bone in my body that does still exist is a very aware with all of yeah. its flaws. But the wee like hopeful actor child in me that still yeah. exists that and for me it's for me it's all about seeing which actors win. Um because best picture and, and the directing categories are always a bit fucked, particularly this year. Um but the actor <laughs> section is quite wholesome. There's a lot to like. There's been some missteps, but there's also mm-hmm. a lot to like. So I think that little child in me still really loves the whole spectacle and that, like, you know, secretly you're always just, like, what, like, aspiring actor when you're, like, in your teens yeah. hasn't fantasised oh, about, about that moment. In all honesty, those of us who are listening and are performers, if you didn't rehearse your Oscar <laughs> speech in the shower at some point in your life... Yeah. I'm questioning you. Yeah, holding, <laughs> I'm asking you to really think about that. Holding a shampoo, holding bottle. a shampoo bottle, or your little like what was that uh, Captain like Captain Bubbly or that thing with the oh yeah, the ones with the wee people on the, the lids. Wee people on the lids. Oh yeah. yeah, holding one of them up. Um. So yes, I think it's quite. I'm gonna get a picture for the socials of that. <laughs> we need to get one. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yes, I do. Uh, I do enjoy it, and I think this this whole award season has been has been quite nice because there's been some mm. people who really deserve to be in the mix. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I'm not just talking about the Oscars. I'm talking about the Golden Globes and SAG Awards and um, the Emmys and the Baftas and the whole thing. Cause yeah. They're all kind of happening. Emmys is a wee bit moment. later. Emmy Emmys is a wee bit, a bit later. later. Baftas is coming up. Baftas and we've had Critics up. Choice Awards. Critics Choice. That's the one. That's um, the one. 
as well. And um, like, so, you know, let's start with the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. Let's start with the Golden Globes. I mean, my favourite, and I think we both can say this, is like, I do and always have loved fashion. And yes. I love, I just love the opulence of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like seeing what people wear. And oh, I absolutely. love them. Twitter is, as much as it is an absolute fucking shitstorm, it is also brilliant. I love seeing what other people think of people's outfits. Oh, it's great fun. And that is just a... That can actually be quite a joy when you're having a really shit time. Just, like, you know, like, go and see somebody discuss, like, somebody's outfit. Absolutely. And I think, like, I've seen people, like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be tearing people down. Like, not... As long as nobody's doing it in a particularly mean way... It yeah. is kind of fun to do yeah. the like the best dress, worst dress thing because it is a. These people are doing this deliberately for that reason. Like it's all about picking a dress and picking a designer or whatever it is. Yeah. To stand out the most or make a particular headline happen, so it's like <coughs> yeah, it's all part of the the fun for me. Um, so I'm of... going to ask you, who was the outfits that you liked of the Golden Globes? Ooh. Well, first of all, Gucci had a bit of a stranglehold. Gucci really <laughs> did. On the, on the Golden Globes red carpet this year, which was a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because I'm looking at it right now, but Michelle Yeoh's dress was stunning. Yes. Uh, I love that silhouette. I love the colour, that kind of cobalt blue. Yeah, me too. Um, she was wearing Armani Privé. And uh, we are actually doing this. We are actually doing this. And uh, a designer's name who I can't pronounce. Um, she looks stunning. Um, who else does I like? I so people really um Salma Hayek's dress. People really went for it and were like, "Oh my god, the black straps." The black why? straps were a choice. But the dress, the dress itself, itself is, is really nice. stunning. And also, I'm sorry, but Salma Hayek, actual with all respect. And with consent, obviously, absolute smash. You would, <laughs> absolute smash. I, her, I would have to say her, um, her cleavage. Uh, uh, I mean, come on now. In that dress is. is Let's celebrate. Talk about celebrating the female form. Yes, fucking please. Yeah. Thank you. But that was a Gucci with one. With consent, obviously. Uh, Claire Dane's dress looks like a hot water bottle cover. I'm not gonna lie. She looks like, for those of you who had a granny who had the Lural covers <laughs> that was the woman that sat on top of it, that it was knitted, that's what that reminded me of. Yeah. Again, for all our listeners, I'm going to be putting these pictures <laughs> on the socials so everybody knows what we're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not the one for it's me. It's not the one for me it's either. It's not the one for me. But Claire, you're a beaut. You, Claire, we love you. Uh, the the lovely Anya Taylor Joy and Dior could take her leave. It's it's kind of just all right. I think the yellow needed to be a different shade of yellow. I think that's the that's the thing. I was, I have to say, enjoying the boob tube because yeah. it was giving me peak nineteen ninety nine, like boob tube long skirt. That is absolutely yeah. the look. It's got a bit of a nineties vibe, doesn't it's, it? It really does. So I feel like if it'd been a kind of darker yellow. Like, we would have got that grunge thing, and mm-hmm. I actually would have really loved it if she'd have gone a bit more grunge with it. But um, I hear what you're saying. I feel like yeah. the colour for me, because she's so pale and ethereal, <coughs> washed yeah. her out even further. Yes. Um, I mean, she's beautiful. She is, I mean, yeah, she could God. throw on a, like, a literal a literal sack and still be spectacularly yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, Letitia White, Letitia Wright, sorry, in Prada again, fine. 
Prada's a kind of conservative choice for me for a red carpet. Really? Um, Why? I, f- I feel Prada's more like business lunch than red carpet, but Ooh, that just okay, might be. Interesting. That just, that's just my take um, on on that. Um, one for me, which the, the, and this designer, uh, Christian uh, Siriano, who mm-hmm. designs quite a lot of oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, so. Quinta Brunson. Oh, she looked incredible. Didn't she? That like, was like... I thought that that was just absolutely stunning. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm trying to find it, actually. Yeah, yes. this this was a serve. Christian Siriano. But Christian Siriano's, like, I think he's probably up there with one of my favourite designers at the moment. Because Me he, too. I think he's the one that's sort of, if I'm not mistaken, he's the one that's sort of leading the way in... Um, he embraces size all, diversity. Yeah, he embraces yeah. all form, mm-hmm. all forms of bodies. Yeah, um, we are not just going on the one form, and the tailoring. Yeah, is stunning. This the is color this combo is again. It's so nineties for me. Yeah, but it's so like beautiful. It's so stunning, and I love the kind of I love the shape and the flare and the the, the use of tulle, and I love the the cleavage the. Mm-hmm. It's so kind of like... It's a very deep sweetheart neckline. It's got a bit of a burlesque feel to it, yeah. but somehow really, really classy. I yeah. love it. Yes, yeah. agreed. Can I ask a question about Viola Davis's dress? Because I couldn't decide if this was deliberate or no, if she... it was she'd... wet. It was wet, right. Cool, thank um, you. I was like, has she walked through a puddle? Yeah, no, apparently it was... Abs- the carpet itself was absolutely soaking because it had been pouring with rain in LA. Okay, that so makes a lot more sense. absolutely soaking. I couldn't uh, figure out if that was deliberate That colour against her skin... Yeah, Fucking incredible. Very simple dress. Really beautiful. Colour is working for me. So guys, just so you know, we're just running through everybody's uh, red carpet looks uh, at the Golden Globes. That will be the podcast. (laughs) We can maybe pick like a couple of, um, like, so some suits were interesting choices because, well, firstly, I have to say, Billy Porter and once again, and Christian Serrano... Siriano? Siriano. 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 Billy Porter and Christian Siriano. An absolute... So that was... Spectacular piece. The tuxedo dress that... That he was asked... I think it was Ryan Murphy asked him to wear that to the Golden Globes because he's had that one before. I think he wore that to the Oscars. In a different colour, I think it was... Yeah, but that one in particular was in the Met, or yes. in the, on, it was in it was in one of the modern art museums in New York, or, and like it was like it's in a museum. Like, do you like you seriously? You want me to go get it? And Ryan Murphy's like, yes, I do. It's like I'm in charge. <laughs> um, but Billy Porter, babes. Uh, yeah, he can do no wrong. I mean, the color is just incredible. Just this beautiful like. Exquisite fuchsia. Yeah. With velvet and it's gorgeous. And just like all the beautiful things. Um and I think what's really lovely is that, you know, like for years, like for <coughs> those of those of for years people who wear suits, mm-hmm. it's literally just been a suit. Yeah. And that's pretty shit for them. Yeah, it's pretty boring. It's pretty boring and it's pretty like are you doing a double-breasted jacket or a single-breasted jacket? Are you wearing a waistcoat? And are you going for a funky tie or a yeah. bow tie? And it's, you know, like, 
yeah, boring for them. Whereas what I love just now in particular is this um, sense of really just expression mm-hmm. for everyone in what they're oh, yeah. wearing. And I really love, 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 um, love that. And I loved, I mean, Seth Rogen's Dior suit. Oh, he looked great. I loved, I hated the black shoes though. I don't the black know, I don't shoes in like shoes. a salmon pink. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was the like nineteen seventies, yeah. like you know, we had the waist, the cummerbund waist, cummerbund, 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 cummerbund. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm like, it needed a maybe like a nice sort of tan shoe. Yeah, something, or and even I kind like, of like go for like a green. Yeah, yeah, go bold. Go yeah, bold, get, like yeah, go nice, a yeah. green shoe. The black shoe for me was like, didn't work. It did. It, no, Seth, right. you look great though. Yeah, it's nice. Like, don't get me wrong, a sharp suit. Oh is, yeah, who doesn't well love tailored a sharp, sharp suit? Yeah. Fine, if that's your vibe. But like, yeah, like I mean, you know, all all really lovely. Oh my god, and the lovely actor from um, Abbott Elementary had this really cool suit. I'm gonna try and see if I can find it. Um, and I really love that. Obviously, I need to give a shout out to my absolute queen, Jean Smart, who was in this beautiful um, black... Actually, her and Sigourney Weaver's outfits were both very similar. Yeah, they were. This kind of idea of like the kind of suit but dress um, with the lovely tying in the middle of the, the body. And it just it just looked beautiful. Uh, yeah. Just really gorgeous was a. Uh... I have to give a shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis yes. and Valentino because it was very similar to my Baftas outfit. It <laughs> was really similar to. <laughs> Do you know why I thought that at the time? I went, that looks like Louise's Baftas outfit, uh, which was just. Um, I'll take it. Just gorgeous, uh, and I'm going out. So while like. Louise looks through more. I'm scrolling through oh, some yeah. more. That's um, Hannah Einbein. I don't know. I don't know who 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 was the designer for her dress. Did we not know? I don't know. Because it was it was pretty stunning as well. Very yeah, it was very gorgeous. clean, very classic, very very very, very Mad Men. Yeah, very fifties. That yeah. was what um, got me. Oh, Jessica Jean. Jean. Oh, look at her. Like, but that tie in the middle, absolutely gorgeous. That is stunning, isn't it? That is stunning. You know, we've got that kind of idea. I I have a feeling she wears a lot of a uh, Christian, Christian Siriano. Siriano. Why can't I speak today? <laughs> Christian Siriano as well. Um, but I don't think that one was. But it was really simple black, but absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and really it's got stunning. pockets. And it's got pockets. Yeah. I don't think there was anything I hated. No, I didn't really. But like. Gucci was I didn't like, love Jenna Ortega's dress. No, that was a that was a weird one. I didn't love that either. Um, but I was like, you do you, babes, and go for it. And I'm, I have to be honest, I don't like anything like... Um, I would... Edibiri had this sort of Cinderella-esque number, mm. but there's something about these types of dresses, these big sort of... Um, I don't know what that... These silk, this sort of... Um, brushed hard silk type uh-huh. dresses that they just look a bit rumpled and to yeah, me like I feel like they always just look maybe it's maybe it's my mum drilling into me that if anything yeah. doesn't looks like it's not been ironed you just look like a state yeah, like, yeah totally yeah. that might be what it is yeah. I don't know um, Tyler James Williams um, who's in uh, Abbott Elementary wore an Armani suit and I just liked it because it had a really different print to oh, it oh yeah that was, and it really, was really nice, nice. And I just really liked that kind of mixture of stuff um and 
you know, there was there was a fair selection of it people. Oh yeah, Adam strong... Scott was in a really interesting, like kind of tealy green with like a kind yeah, of that like was... <laughs> cowboy that tie. Sure I that. wasn't sure about that either. But hey, again, again, got to make a choice. Be I bold. just. I actually just really love that people make choices now. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, Angela Bassett. Can we just talk about Angela Bassett? I what, mean, in general or her, her Oh, dress? just in general. Like, <laughs> again, consensually. Yeah, she's incredible. Wow. Incredible, incredible, incredible. And I thought she looked absolutely stunning mm-hmm. at the Golden Globes. Um, but someone that we're not talked about yet about what they've worn... Um, is the divine Jennifer Coolidge because we want to also talk about her. I mean, yeah, she has, like, let, yeah. Let's, let's, let's just talk about let's her. Let's just talk about, <laughs> let's just talk about Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Fun fact, everybody, Louise has met Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> I have indeed, yes. Uh, I have met Jennifer Coolidge back in 2010 at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. She was in town doing stand-up and I worked at the fringe office at this point in time, and it was I think it was the last year of like the Virgin Money donors dinner that or donors event that used to take place but doesn't take place anymore. It's a, an event for sponsors to raise money uh, for the French Society, and uh, it had a whole re- range of like high profile comedians at it, and Jennifer Coolidge was one of them, and she was exactly what you would expect. Yeah, and she called the room basically called that room full of rich people a bunch of cunts. <laughs> To their faces, which was, uh, which was truly spectacular. Uh, she gave zero fucks. She's amazing. She yeah. is as is, is, is as amazing as you would expect her to be. Which made me so happy when you when you mentioned it. So um, Jennifer Coolidge won the Golden Globe for um, supporting actress in a limited series for White Lotus, um, and I think her speech probably, like I cried. Yeah. I really cried <laughs> yeah. watching it. And I think that, you know, we talk about this a lot. The 98% of us that have to just kind of plod along and do what we can when we can, if it comes our way and if it doesn't come our way and or if we're in whatever flux of our career that we're in and just seeing someone up there saying what she said yeah thanking Mike White thank you thanking Mike White her relationship with Mike White is so gorgeous and it made like that was another thing that made me cry because it's not just about what Jennifer Coolidge represents Mm -hmm. it is that for me as well but it's also just this idea of having collaborators that are with you throughout your entire life and career people who have faith in you who yeah. are inspired by you and that are on that journey with you and and you know they're they're friend they're friends the friends yeah. that we make along the way that just was I just thought that was really beautiful and it really touched me yeah and he was so happy for her and he was crying I know it was, it was so sweet so, I mean and so I also lovely. loved when he got up to t- oh, his so word and he was still pushed but he was also just like he was like I'm just getting over what Jennifer said like she basically told him that he'd saved her yeah. And it was really oh god, I'm probably gonna cry. I know. Um, but it was just really beautiful. Um It was and, gorgeous. And her being really honest as well. You know, the people in that room probably there are certain levels in that room who are kind of going, Oh, it's Stifler's mum. Oh yeah, totally. 
But, the, you know, it's one of those ones where I bet she admits she's milked that for all it's worth. And why oh, the totally. fuck not, babes? Because we've all got our bills to pay. And she did say, the other thing I thought was really wonderful about that level of honesty was to say, you know, there are people in this room who who have kept me afloat. Yes. The Ryan Murphys, or I think that was it. I think she was like, Ryan Murphy, <laughs> that's it, it's just you. <laughs> But, like, you know, there will be casting directors and people, like, probably Darren Starr and um, Michael Patrick King. She did Michael Patrick, Star, yeah, actually. Michael Patrick King. <clears throat> you know, people, like, basically queer men, gay men, yeah. <laughs> have kept her afloat uh, because they recognised what she had to offer way yeah. before anyone else did. Um, and that honesty to say that, like, I have literally been bobbing along, going from job to job until this moment where something happened, where... And being honest, at that level to say, you know, there was a point that I thought that that was, that that was it, and I was done. Yeah. And that then, you know, she certainly hinted at where her head had been at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love the bravery of that in a room like that to say that. The honesty of it. Um, and then when she was... <laughs> asked questions after it backstage I think it was like E or something were shown like when people were coming off and they asked her like what's your next role that you'd love to play and she was like a dolphin (laughs) and they said what like voicing a dolphin or a dolphin in the sea and she went no a dolphin dolphin. in the sea I just adore that yeah it's adore that and it feels like what I love about her and from what I remember of her, it's like, she says these things and you just like, oh, I don't know if you're joking or not. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something really kind of like unpredictable and, and brilliant about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's incredible. And I think, uh, yeah, com- her combined with Michelle Yeoh, you mm-hmm. know, both women now in their 60s or having just turned 60s, I think 60 yeah. and 61... Um, winning awards for the first time, first timers at, at these awards, yeah, being recognised for what they can do now, it was just one of those really like, really deeply reassuring. And Angela Bassett moments. winning as and well. Angela Bassett, so yeah, Angela Bassett's sixty, and um, you know, I think just as a general thing about certainly the Golden Globes and probably Critics' Choice, and the kind of age range of the women who have been nominated for stuff is very heartening. Yeah, totally. And I think it just shows that actually there is and always has been an appetite for that age to be shown on screen. It's just that only now people are clocking on. Yeah, I think it's also very much down to what's getting made and who's making it. Mm -hmm. Um, Producers and execs and the people who hold the purse strings will never... They're not creative people. They want to be, but they're not. Like, And and, I'm being very general right now um, to just sort of illustrate a point that so much of it is about risk and and copying previously successful things to make money so things like things like everything everywhere all at once getting made by people with creative open minds and telling that very universal story with a specific set of characters and a specific type of um using a very specific and niche kind of vehicle to do that that's there's something about proving what can happen when you take risks and allow creative freedom to take place rather yeah. than just like well what well, how do we get how do we get another avatar or how do we get another fucking yeah i don't know whatever um whatever the big thing is in that moment mhm 
I think my other obviously standout um, Brendan Fraser oh, are yeah, providing Brendan some Fraser. of most, oh. some of the most wholesome award season content. Yeah, um, it's just so. Brendan Fraser is a really interesting human. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Ah, uh-huh. and then also just his career is very interesting. You know. I think also just like understanding why he went away. I don't think a lot of people know mm. it's uh, because because he's a man. This is not a narrative we hear very often, but it was because of calling out being sexually harassed by um, somebody um, head of the foreign press or whatever. Like, because I don't think he was at the Golden Globes for that reason. I think he decided not to go because the triggering event for him happened in that environment. Yeah, and it was. He, you know, it was one of those things where he had to go away because nobody took it seriously. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm sure there were other factors at play within that as well. I think he was very tired <laughs> from being an action hero for a long time. But there's... Because he was on a trajectory after Gods and Monsters of being, you know, that next, almost that kind of Tom Hanks thing it. Mm-hmm. And like, and then all of a sudden it just, and it is because of his experience mm-hmm. um he I, I it's really lovely to see him yeah back um he just seems like a very sincere genuine lovely person yeah and um i also well, he kind of breaks my heart because every time i see him doing a bit of something doing a bit of press on this awards trail like he just seems like he's carrying so much emotion yeah you know, he, he kind of always looks like he's on the brink of tears. <laughs> and it's like, you sweet, sweet man. Yeah. Um, and it's always interesting, isn't it, with the like awards se- season, how we start and how we go, and then the predictions that then come for Oscars of mm-hmm. who's going to get what. And um, just... Um, Louise's belly's like I know, rumbling. I'm so sorry. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm just kind of hoping that the mic's not picking it up. It's it alright. It's okay. You know, like, I'm just, Angela Bassett, obviously, I won as well. Um, oh, somebody else that, that whose speech, actually, the Critics' Choice, was Cheryl Lee Ralph. Oh yeah, she's fantastic. <laughs> She is brilliant when she just like said, You look in the mirror, they don't have to respect you, they don't have to love you, they don't have to like you, but you have to love you. I was like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I live for. Yeah. I live for I live for acceptance speeches. I love all of that. I can't get enough of it. I find it really like Who's your best acceptance speech ever? I wanna know that. Oh god. You could have time to think about it, but I don't. Not I might. I might have time. I might need to sit with that one. And have, <laughs> yeah, because I'm not entirely sure. There's so many. There's so many good ones. My stomach wants to make one right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to come back to that. I'll okay. Need to have a think. I'll you have a think. little think about it. Yeah. Yeah. You have a little think about it. So. Um, Critics' Choice Awards obviously as well have been, and um, there's some. Fabulous outfits again but obviously like these kind of like critics choices kind of feel for it in a way because it's kind of like because it's just the week after the golden globe so everybody's like oh yeah not as bothered Mm. and obviously there was a raft of them that got covid 
from the Golden Globes that then weren't at the Critics' Choice oh, Awards. Really? Yeah. God. Um, <clears throat> Jamie Lee Curtis was a super spreader. I'm not... <laughs> don't actually know if she was or not but she was one of the first ones who was like I've tested positive for COVID sorry um, for running around kissing all of you and yeah. looking all your faces yeah still um, a thing guys so, still a thing yeah um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Oscars do about that and the SAG Awards which are coming up before mm-hmm. the Oscars um, <clears throat> on that kind of that side so the BAFTA Awards aren't out yet are they? BAFTA noms no. haven't come out yet no, the BAFTA nominations have come out. Oh, have they? Or the long list has come out at the very least. At uh, the very least, something's come out. I'm sh- no, no, they have. The nominations have come out. Great. But lots of categories. Let's well, let's do the kind of big, big ones. <coughs> so let's do um leading actress. Oh yes, okay. So probably well, so the BAFTAs have done a bit better than than the Oscars because uh-huh. they have uh, Viola Davis, Daniel Deadweiler, in there. Yep. Um, so they've got Kate Blanchett for Tar, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Daniel Deadweiler for Till, Anna de Armas for Blonde. Ugh. I mean, yeah. Anna is not the enemy, but that film certainly is. Mm-hmm. Emma Thompson for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Michelle Yeoh, of course, for yeah. Everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. So yeah, about standard. Um, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's interesting, it feels at the moment, that in some ways the kind of awards ceremony and the women's one it feels like people are already putting out the narrative that it's a two horse race between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett yeah that's it that feels right which I think <clears throat> is going to be Michelle Yeoh I think so too um, although people have said that Tar is yeah Tar's getting uh, absolute I haven't seen it yet yeah that Tar... it's her kind of Magnum opus. Yeah. I think she's she's going to win one of them. It's hard to say which which body, which award body is going to structure it in which way. Yeah. I have a feeling Michelle's going to take the, the Oscar. Oscar. I think so too. Um, But someone else, I don't know who, maybe Kate Blanchett or Daniel Deadweiler will take the BAFTA. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let's look at the directors for BAFTAs because then mm-hmm. let's discuss the directors. So very different. <laughs> Um, All Quiet on the Western Front Edward Berger The Banshees of Inisherin Mark McDonough Decision to Leave Park Chan-wook Everything Everywhere All at Once by The Daniels obviously Tar by Todd Field and The Woman King Gina Prince Bythewood so BAFTA have have a woman in there which is nice Uh, the Oscars do not do not the Oscars (sighs) Well, for those that don't know, the Oscars um, are Martin McDonough for The Banish, uh, the Banishes of Inishinan, uh, the Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostlad for Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the... That feels to me, okay, fine. Um, it's all male, it's all white. <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's very Oscars. <laughs> very Oscars, and then, you know, in their, in their um, male category, again, it's just all white as yeah, well. It was yeah. the first thing that I noticed. Yeah, which was very disappointing. Um, 
I will say that seeing Paul Mescal in there was a nice surprise. It was though. a lovely surprise. That was a really yeah. lovely surprise. Uh, I feel like After Sun should probably like um, Charlotte. Um, is it Williams? Charlotte Williams? No, the director of After Sun. Feel, feel like After Sun's a beautiful movie. It should uh-huh. be in there, but again, it's Oscars. Um, who knows? I am stunned. Um, I, and. Anna de Armas is not the enemy. Anna de Armas, no. That, no, she's not. Armas, that's right. Uh, she is definitely not, but... That film is a fucking... Like... I, pff, I do not understand the existence of that film. Yeah. Um, and the choices it made. Uh-huh. Uh... I feel like Anna de Armas probably there's something maybe political in recognizing what, from my understanding, is an excellent performance. Yeah. In a, in a, bad context. Yeah. Um. So I feel like punishing the actors, not. Oh no! Absolutely not. It's not. But it's yeah. just you know. But having said also that, also the Oscars do love it when someone does one of their own. In that sense of like one of their own, as in one of their own Hollywood people. Yeah, they absolutely. love it yeah. when somebody, you know, Austin Butler's in there. They love as, a biopic. They love a biopic. They fucking love a biopic. Yeah, they really do. And I feel like. Get fat or play someone who died. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They fucking. We know that. They fucking love it. They do it. love it. Get, sorry, get fat, ugly, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. who decides what ugly is? Mm-hmm. Fucking. Anyway. Um. And do a biopic, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's Oscar know. fodder. They it's love it. Absolute Oscar fodder. Um, they do love it. This is why I lost my love for the Oscars. When yeah, I, I mean to realize this shit about them. It's the Oscars are sort of a shiny, like blockbuster popcorn I mean, still one. situation. <laughs> Absolutely, BAFTAs feel a little bit more. Well. I'm not, I, don't know why, I don't know why I'm yeah a bit more considered I don't know why I'm worrying about choosing my words carefully it's not like anyone <laughs> from the academy is likely to be listening no, but, but, um, let's go with considered a bit more considered yeah yeah because yeah. the fact that look at the very least the fact that fucking Avatar Way of Water and Top Gun are in the best picture nominations at the Oscars is mind blowing and that's not to say, like, I have no interest in seeing Avatar. I was bored shitless the first time. I'm not going to watch the second one. <laughs> Top Gun, from what I hear, it was resoundingly loved. Like, yeah. people loved it. So I could almost get my head around why that has made it into mm-hmm. the best picture. Because if everybody loved it, it was critically well-received and it made a fuck ton of money, then arguably, yeah, yeah okay, fine, let's let's slip it in there. If we're, if we're nominating ten pictures, we might as well find the room for this one. Avatar Way of Water? I'd, what? Why is that there? <laughs> I can't comment because I like, haven't seen it. So, well, it was panned for a start. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh One critic, it got two stars in the Guardian, and one critic wrote it was a soggy twee screensaver of a movie. <laughs> oh, gee. But uh, I see. I thunderously have boring was another <laughs> from a different critic. <laughs> I think that was Mark Kermode that said that it was thunderously oh, wow. boring. So, um, like, I just don't get I, it. But. I do have a thing, though, about, I think, with critics in general, that it is one person's opinion 
and I think that, and I would prove me wrong, please critics, but from my experience, most of you are from quite privileged backgrounds, um, which means that your, you know, life experience is different from the mass of movie goers. Um, there is always feels some ways a certain snobbery with that, which riles me up the wrong way. Um, I know that they, you know, a lot of them do know what they're talking about and they mm-hmm. are very intelligent human beings and very smart human beings. But you and I know ourselves that we'll have gone to see whether it's a film or a theatre piece and it's getting fucking rave reviews and it's a piece of shite. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, I'm that a bit like... Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like yeah. I I don't know. I I feel like generally speaking, for the most part, I think the best film nominations are all right. I think that I haven't seen Elvis. I I I, I, I have and I really enjoyed it. Okay, cool, great. Really, it's Baz Luhrmann. It's yeah. Baz Luhrmann. Um, at his creative. The first, fifteen minutes of Elvis has odes to so many styles of filmmaking in it that would feel like it shouldn't work, but for me it absolutely did. I know people that saw Elvis and hated it, but I loved it. I mean, and that's it. That's, I that's, really that speaks to your enjoyed point it. About, like, everybody's different. Yeah. Like, my mum was saying, actually, like, you know, my mum and her partner are big film buffs. They like to go to the GFT and stuff like that, but they're they're just not interested in seeing the Banshees of Inisherin, even though it's all because they they've done that thing where they've gone to see things that were resoundingly like praised, yeah. won yeah. all these awards, and then were like, that well, that was boring. <laughs> they just didn't like it. Yeah. And my mum feels like that Banshees of Inisherin might be the same experience for her because it's not necessarily about what everybody's yeah praising. It's just yeah. about what you what you what you go to the cinema for and what you want to see. Um, now I'm sure lots and lots of people liked Avatar: Way of Water. Yeah, I know a few people that. It's did. not for me. It's not the one for you. Lou. It's not the one for me. That's but, okay. Like, if you like it, fair play to you. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced. I'm still not convinced it should be under the best picture category at the Oscars. But the Oscars also don't recognise a lot of international film, a lot of European cinema. Yeah. There are resoundingly better movies out there than even like the stuff that we all agree is good like everything everywhere all at once yeah so the Oscars are not representative I don't think of what is actually out there in terms of quality filmmaking here's my thing I don't think we need another fucking war movie <laughs> no I think you're right there I yeah I agree like and you know All Quiet in the Western Front has been done before anyway so you know um, I'm just a bit like if we're going to do a war movie, can we maybe do it about the a different point of view from the war? Like, maybe from the people that were at home, mm-hmm. struggling, being bombed, left, right and centre. Okay, first of all, whether or not we're being bombed, but... Um, I feel I, like there probably are plenty of those movies, but people, they, they're not box office fodder in the way that soldiers get blown up. Yeah. Or, it's like, but it's like, how many do we need, though? Like, it doesn't feel that long ago that, what, 1917 was out and then fucking Dunkirk. Dunkirk, I know, I feel like we're still it's talking like, about those movies. Like, we're still talking about them, probably because of the pandemic had a part to play in that. Not that the pandemic is done, but, you know, like, that when we were stuck in our homes. Um, 
I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I also have to feel like I can't not mention the presence of Andrea Riseborough in the Best Actress category at the Oscars. What a spectacular surprise that was. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Very happy for her. Yeah. Because she's great. I'm not, I don't, I haven't seen the film. People are a bit kind of indifferent about the film. Yeah. But generally speaking, I think Andrea, Andrea Riseborough is a fantastic actor. Yeah. And so just to see her suddenly there is just like, through a very specific campaign, like, like I think it was like her, like the director's husband, uh, the director's wife or the producer's wife or something like that basically told all her celebrity friends to go watch this movie because Andrea is brilliant in it. And that got her... That became I mean, her campaign and that got her nominated, which I think some people have take issue with, but I really, really don't. I think that's actually kind of brilliant <laughs> for her. Yeah. Like Well well that well it's that thing of if they hadn't have seen it with like would that movie have been seen, etc. You know, all of these things that these are the big questions that things should be done well. Well, it is about campaigning. I don't mind the fact that the Oscars is about campaigning for the very reason that I've that I've just brought up is that yeah, it has like, led to the presence of Andrea Riseborough. Not a friendship bracelet. Not a friendship bracelet. <laughs> the fact that Andrea Riseborough is in that category. Uh-huh. An actress that's been jobbing along, who's been brilliant, yeah. who's been doing her yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Some people know who she is, a lot of people don't. Uh-huh. And she is in there with Kate Bloody Blanchett and Michelle Williams at the friggin' Oscars yeah. for a film that was like kind of under the radar. I think that is spectacular because that'll fundamentally change. She's now she'll be a commodity. She'll be a absolutely totally actor now in a way that, in the grand scheme of things, she maybe wasn't before, um, and that I think that is. I'm just double checking. She was in the original. Hold on. <laughs> she's been in loads of stuff. Like I know, she's... I know, I know, but um, it's a TV series. Wasn't she in the original one about the ghost, the vampire, and the werewolf that Russell Tovey... Being human. Being yes, human. thank you. She was the original yeah. ghost. Yeah, she's she been was in, in the pilot. Yeah. Loads of stuff. Um, just one of these actors. No, I, I, I just like I wanted to double check that it actually was her before I went, oh my God, it's her. Um, yeah. Just like one of those actors that's just been doing her thing. Yeah. Very successful. Like, I, yeah, yeah, like yeah. When, I say that, when I say jobbing along, I'm talking about someone who is like... Compared to us, like <laughs> astronomically successful, like a big oh, big star. Yes, please. But in the sort of in the wider universe of 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 actors and working in film, she was she's a sort of just well, you know, it's that thing. Kate Blanchett is a household name. Viola yeah. Davis is a household name. She is not a household she's, name. She will be now. She will be now. Yeah, but. She wasn't. So, I, yeah, it's absolutely what you're saying. So I think but that's again, why I don't mind this whole campaigning element to it because when okay. it's done right, when it's yeah. done in, this, in service of someone like her, who whoever that person was who went, she's brilliant yeah. in this. She deserves to be recognised for it. And then put that sampler of the movie in front of all of her famous yeah. friends and industry friends and had them go, God, you're right, she is. Yeah. And then Loba will just get a... She's got fucking Best Actress nomination yeah. at the Oscars. I mean, that is... That's wild. I know. She must be, like, completely... Like, I can't even imagine what she's feeling right now. What an incredible thing. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> how long have we been talking for? Good, about My... 50 minutes. Okay, well, what... But we can, you know, we're, we're good. 
What, like, what's your so, what are your predictions? Who do you think is going to win? Oscars? Yeah. AFTAs. Let's go with the Oscars. Who do you think is going to win in the actor categories? I, I think it's going to be... I would love Paul Mescal to win. Yeah, that would be really great. It would be lovely, but I think that Brendan Fraser is going to win. Oh, I hope he does. And I really hope he does because it will feel like, for him, with everything that goes with it, you know, a really big thing. And if it's not either of them... It's probably going to be Colin Farrell. Okay, cool. I'll. Austin Butler's great. I have a feeling it's going to be Austin Butler. Do you? Actually, yeah. And I've not even seen that movie, but I just based on just based on just stuff. based on the way that they, this normally goes and yeah. No, I know. I mean, they it love a biopic. They love a biopic. Um, I hope it's Paul Mescal or Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, that would be my two. That's my two hopes. Um, and I mean, I love Kate Blanchett. I love. I love, love, love her. But I really want it to be Michelle Yeoh. I think it's going to be Michelle Yeoh. Based on that cat, like, <laughs> and the absolutely egregious absence of people like uh, Danielle Deadweiler and, and Viola, Viola Davis, Davis and yeah. Angela Bassett, since they're all not there, yeah. Um, I think it will be Michelle Yeoh. Okay. Um, I hope it's Michelle Yeoh. But yeah, I think you're right. I think Kate Blanchett... I mean, Angela Bassett's in supporting, which... Um, yeah. yeah, she is, actually, yeah. Um, and I think she's probably in for a good shout of winning that. I am uh, beyond... Like, I'm beside myself with delight to see Kerry Condon and Stephanie Shu in the yeah. supporting actress category. Yeah. Kerry Condon, in particular... Well, again, it's the same as Andrea Rice, but a, an actor that yeah, she's been she's doing, doing her doing thing. thing. And... Like what spectacularly deserved recognition. Same as Stephanie Shu. Uh, yeah. So I really hope it's one of them. I don't. I don't think it will be Kerry Condon, but I'm so delighted she's in the. She's I think. In the it, I think it will be Angela Bassett. I hope so. I think usually for supporting Golden Globes are a good indicator of who's going to get it for the Oscars. <clears throat> so I hope it's. Um, I mean, I would be happy with any of the three that you've mentioned, but I. I think it might go to Angela Bassett. Yeah. And the best supporting actor that's good it's a good category as well. Really lovely to see Brian Tidy Henry in there. Mm. Um uh Ki Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once is also a delight and I really hope he gets it. Yeah. That would be I mean, I will live for that speech. Yeah, that speech <laughs> and that arc and yeah. Yeah, just so happy for them. Yes, absolutely. Um, Are you, do you want to do picture or do you wanna just leave it? Pictures piss me off. Like, I just, like, <laughs> fucking... It's going to be Avatar, Louise. See if it's Avatar. See if it's Avatar, I quit. I quit the whole thing. I'm going to go be a hairdresser or something. Um, I, don't I think it will be a everything, everywhere, all at once. I really hope it is. I really, really, really That's hope it is. That's why I think it, it will be. Um, yeah. It'll Have be you seen women see. talking? I'm I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. No, I'm really, really keen to see it. I'm going to try and see everything before, as much as I can, before the actual award ceremony itself. Um, and again, it'll be interesting because SAG Awards are two weeks away. Um, and there will be kind of some indication because, again, there's plenty of SAG members that are also Oscar members <coughs> who'll be voting. So that'll give another indication of where the Oscars are going. 
Um, and then we can talk about the dresses. And then we can talk about the dresses. We can talk about more dresses. I'm so excited. More, more <laughs> people were probably expecting our first episode back of like absolute rage, um, which by the way we have. We have, as we've but we're said. just we're just ca- we've only got so much energy and only. And so I like... think that's a really big thing for everybody to remember. Like you know, this has been quite a in the grand scheme of things a flippant episode. Yeah. Um. In the kind of stuff that we like to talk about, but sometimes it's just needed. Yeah, and and just, it's okay like, if you want to just go and look at people's outfits. <laughs> like, don't like you don't need to judge yourself or anyone else no. for doing that. It's escapism. We don't judge ourselves, so I've, neither should you. And if you're not. judging us, then okay, well, okay, cool. Go listen to one of the other episodes with all of our amazing, all of our guests. amazing guests. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we just need a break um, but we do and we are going to be doing throughout hopefully the all, all of 2023 a series on hormonal health mm-hmm. and um, we've we've put a call out and I just want to mention it just now just for anybody so for anyone who experiences any form of hormonal health and you don't have to be in the arts but if you are in the arts that we obviously want to hear um, your experiences and we've had a few people reach out to us um, and some stuff already that's like really important that it's shared. It is for a lot of people a heavy discussion, um, and but it's a vital one and it's a stigma that needs broken down. Um, but mm-hmm. if you would like to contribute anonymously or be a guest, please get in touch with us at persistentandnasty at gmail.com. Um, and we can have a conversation and find a way that works best for you and the story that you want to share your experience. Um, and if you just want to write it down and we'll have one, and of, one of us or one of us or one of our amazing community members to read it out, then that's what, we'll that's what we'll do. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing this here and now, holding myself to it. Uh, Louise is going to interview me. About having endometriosis and what that's like being a actor, freelancer, facilitator, writer, whatever else the fuck I do, <laughs> <laughs> while also living podcaster, with podcaster, editor, oh God, yeah. advocacy initiative producer, <laughs> equity women's committee, the um, and Scottish representative, and Scottish, yeah, committee. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's quite a list. Um, no wonder I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Of a of a condition that is ranked in the top twenty most painful things to have. Yes. Ever. Um. So yeah. So I'm putting that out there so you all know that we're not just. It's important for us to discuss it because we 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 live. With hormones. Mm-hmm. Um and what is coming mm-hmm. yeah and what has been on the hormone roller coaster absolutely and um <laughs> that series will be interspersed i think with our usual yes guest interview format yeah um it will be something i think that we'll just rumble on rumble on i think we don't it feels too important to limit it on yeah. a call out um and also we totally understand that for a lot of people it is a hard topic to discuss so we will happily work around you, as we've said. Absolutely. And I think the first couple that we have on may open the gates a little bit and make people feel a little bit more comfortable, a bit more confident about coming on or sharing something. So I think hormonal health will be sort of tagged and pinned 
as a conversation a, a conversation series that will happen throughout the year yeah. probably yeah is my exactly. is my guess um so yeah yeah i get ready for award season guys like <laughs> Tweet us your predictions and your oh my you God, yes, please do. And please also just feel free to tweet us and hashtag uh, stay nasty to let us know that we got it all wrong and that we are missing out this, this and this. I'm more than happy to get involved in some kind of trash fire Twitter conversation about <laughs> film criticism and all the ways in which we fucked up that conversation. Please feel free. But today was not the day, guys. <laughs> Today was not Today the day. Today was not the day. I don't oh care about your God. feelings about uh, social realism in European cinema and its lack of representation in the Oscars. I don't care. I just want to see some nice dresses and cry <laughs> when Brendan Fraser gets his Oscar. Okay? Oh, I hope okay. so. <clears throat> that's, all really, I, that's all I need. That's all, that's all the reason I did. Um, mm-hmm. I was just trying to check dates for everybody so they know when to look out for their um when BAFTAs are and when SAG Awards are. Oh, so people I'm just gonna do that have just Google. I know, but it's always <laughs> nice, you know. Let people let the people know. Twenty seventh of February for the SAG Awards. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we have. The BAFTAs are on Sunday, the nineteenth of February, so they'll so be they're before, before the Oscars. And then the Oscars are. March Sunday the 12th of March I'm thinking about having an Oscars party mm-hmm. just saying that I'm just putting that it's out there Sunday. it possible. is a Sunday no, it's possible it for me possible. Um, 12th of March yeah Great. but we'll have a discussion about that off air we'll have a discussion so yeah you've got your dates now for if anybody BAFTA, wants to come to sag. my Oscars party you can slide into my DMs <laughs> offer me a bracelet <laughs> A friendship one, a plastic friendship one. No, we're saving the planet. She wants diamond tennis one. She does. Bulgari, uh, please. We'll, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> well, this has been nice, Lou. This has been great fun. Great I think fun. my stomach stopped talking a wee while yeah. ago. I'm not she sure. Need, she needs the food. Um, until next time, lovely listeners. Stay, Stay nasty. nasty.